0: We're on the computer with no mics and nothing and this is just, we're gonna be really 2007. It's raw. It's raw (laughs) and it's real and it's, it's rugged is what it is. (laughs) What's up guys? Kendall Roosing here. Welcome back to another episode of Get a Grip. I am here with such a special guest today, Shelby Murphy. Now. Shelby is not only a multiple-time world champion, she's won the world three times, right? Yeah. (laughs) Three times. And not only is she a multiple-time world champion, but she also just received her black belt on the podium after a flawless performance at the world championships at the brown belt level. And she's going to be competing very soon here at Black Belt, opening up her new part of her career. Um, She's a full-time instructor. She's been basically trained, instructing since she's since she was a child
1: really for like a long a lifestyle
0: yeah it's a lifestyle um a long time now here in orange county california where we're filming today um and i'm very lucky because she is also a very good friend of mine we spent a lot of time together uh trained together even though we are about as far apart in weight class as you as could possibly because
1: thinking about the other day i'm like wow we're actually no bigger gap. no no that's it. We, love it it's perfect
0: we are the open class queens when we train together and um it's funny because i always tell people that has a rooster weight she's one of my most fun training partners because i cannot let off the gas like not the physical gas we're gonna throw her around like but like the mental (laughs) gas of like being technical for one second or i'm gonna get beaten um she's incredible so welcome hello
1: thank you for that introduction i'm so happy to be here
0: yeah i'm so happy too and one of the reasons i've been really wanting to have shelby on the podcast or have you on the podcast is because it's really easy i would say to find people that are great at jujitsu but it's something that we talk about a lot where it's like The people that, uh, you know, our audience that are usually interested in listening to you have a lot more going on than just Jiu Jitsu. They're focusing Mm -hmm. a lot on personal growth. They're willing to talk about the struggles behind the scenes. And they're looking for, you know, one thing, I don't know if it's still in your Instagram bio or not, but we've talked about it a lot as like using jujitsu as an avenue to become not only a better version of yourself, but to put more energy and beauty out into the world in one way or another. And so that's why I'm so excited to have you
1: on today. Yeah, that is definitely like, if you want to sum it up in a sentence, my Hmm. whole, like the whole thing that I'm trying to do.
0: I'm good at my job. What can (laughs) I say?
1: (laughs) You have to write my bios.
0: I'm ready. I'm ready. So we're going to actually, I'm really excited because we're going to split your podcast guys up into two parts we've already discussed this because Shelby and I have so much good stuff we want to talk about with you guys and I'm so grateful to have her here for uh, you know for your time you're about to be 20 right yeah so super young 19 years old and one of the most fun minds that I have like a fun time talking to and exploring ideas with Um, and I know you guys are really really gonna connect if you look at her Instagram you will see so much really intricate um, thought provoking content that this podcast is going to be such a blessing to us. So that being said, we're going to split up into two parts, but the first thing we're going to start with today, so everyone can get to know you a little bit better is the quick version of your life story.
1: All right. So I grew up born and raised in Costa Mesa, California, which happens to be, um uh, where art of Jitsu opened up. So, uh, I started training when I was 10. So that's like a little more down the line, but, um, I just started going to school like normal, I went through elementary school, I went through the first year of middle school. Growing up, I was always just someone who, um, a lot of different directions I wanted to go, loved. Not <laughs> much has changed. <laughs> Not much has changed, yeah. but I have um, chosen jiu-jitsu as like that pinpoint focus, but I would say a lot of uh, a lot of my struggles growing up came from so many directions that I wanted to go mm. all the time. When I was younger, I was doing a lot of different sports, but I was also very artistic, I was writing a lot, I. Did a lot of businesses like when I was like in my like elementary school. Well, I would entrepreneur
0: from the get go, right? Lot. Yeah, like yeah. selling
1: bracelets, making like <laughs> necklaces, yeah. like always something. So I would say if I think about like my early years, that's just kind of like bouncing in a ton of different directions. That's kind of what I am, and mm-hmm. I still am now. Mm-hmm. When I was ten, I started training jujitsu. Um, Aoj just opened like down the street from my house. I started jiu-jitsu and like day one, I was like, it's done, it's over. I love this. Um, but I started competing very soon after that, like two months after that. Um, and it felt like for a few years that it was just set in stone. Like I loved jujitsu and that was, that was the biggest thing in my life Uh, around like 14, 15, like, you know, you start to get like a teenager, a little bit angsty around that time I started homeschooling. I was having some like friendship problems like in school so is that Uh, why you homeschooled
0: not for jiu-jitsu or combo so that's
1: like a really interesting like distinction to make because people always think that i started homeschooling to train more Mm -hmm. but it was like i was actually like when i started homeschooling i was training less than i ever had before oh wow i i had a part of my homeschooling was to think oh i can do the classes in the morning but i was actually like so checked out of jiu-jitsu um, is that a, is
0: that a path you would suggest for younger athletes or do you think it comes with different challenges like stepping out of school to be trained full time?
1: I definitely think that like in an ideal world I would have I, I would like if I if I'm talking to a kid yeah. like my yeah. kid I yeah. would want <laughs> I not gonna talk about your kids okay my kid I would want them um to go through school and if they make the decision that they want to go all in on jujitsu just have it be not from like external pressure because it's really easy for a culture to be built around training as much as possible mm-hmm. but if there's anything i've realized especially in the past like a few months of me training it's that more volume is not always better and to think that you can only make it to a next level if you're homeschooling is just really limiting But I loved it, and I would not change it for a second because even though I started homeschooling um, just for more, like, social, like, teenage girl reasons, Mm -hmm. pretty quickly it just turned into, like, I was just sent right back into jiu-jitsu, and that was, like, around, like, 16, and now I'm, like, almost 20, so it's been about, like, four years of um, just complete devotion, like, complete Mm -hmm. dedication. But, yeah, so if I was talking to a younger person, I think – Um, There's room for either of those options, but to think one option has more tied to it in terms of like being able to get a lot better faster. I mean, typically sure, but we don't really have to think of any of these things in absolutes and I think, honestly, I think it's a little more interesting if we took a kid who is in school and challenged them to like find Let's them. experiment. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if you want to volunteer for these experiments, Shelby and I will study. You. Yeah, and I'll
1: vlog the whole thing. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs>
0: and we'll it's like when they have twins and they separate the oh, twins yeah. and they put them in different environments. We'll do that with jujitsu and we'll see what happens. Even better, we have
1: to find we have to find a pair of twins. Yeah. It can't just be one kid. You can
0: send an email and yeah. we'll we'll check it out. <laughs>
1: Kendall at this <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I actually think it would be more interesting to challenge a child who still wants to be involved with school to say, Okay, how can we get as good as possible at this mm. with as few hours as possible? I think that's a really big skill that can be a little bit overlooked when um, very common jiu jitsu is the thought that it's always better more to is do better. more. And, yeah. and easy to get those things, and I talked about this on my Instagram the other day, yeah, so it's yeah. like fresh in my mind, but it's easy to get the idea of like, you want to be better, and you want to do more, mm-hmm. right, but it's like, it doesn't always mean those two things are together that more is the better, so, um, but we as humans, we just want to generalize like, as much as we can, so that, it, we do that everywhere, it's not just a jujitsu thing, yeah. um, But to challenge that, I think, is a really big skill to have, especially as a young
0: person. And see where the intention needs to be, because that really, and I know we'll talk about this when we talk about your lead-up to Worlds, but the battle or the challenge or the priority between mass, like growing the mass amounts of time that you're on the mats versus really focusing in, On the intention of what you're doing with your time and making that really, really effective, and so it doesn't—it doesn't feel to me that different than the person who wants to run an academy and win a world championship in the same year, like Victor Hugo, for example, just who we've had on the podcast. And you should listen to this episode because it's really good. But Victor Hugo opened his academy, and it's been open for a year. And at the end of the first year, won double gold at the world championships at the same time. And many people told him he wouldn't be able to do it because of the exact reason you're talking about. With time being the issue and what he has said in response to that is like it really has a lot more to do with what you are doing with your time and i know that in my experience with injuries and stuff having limited amounts of mat time available to me that my body could actually take really made me a much better athlete because it made me get super hyper-focused on what I was doing. I didn't have the luxury anymore of just doing more and doing everyday pojada. And I wanted a full, no offense, Hamila, I love you, and I love your slogan, but I've had to make some adjustments with my life, um, personally. And so like with wanting a big life and having injuries or whatever it is that you're dealing with, there are ways, and we need to be talking about that so that young athletes are coming up, seeing like, oh, okay, I can do this and I can build a business or, and I can have good relationships with my family and I can go to school, you can do it all. And this romanticism that we've always had in the jiu-jitsu world and many other sports of more is better and if you're not doing the most, then you're gonna be last, um, it's outdated, Mm -hmm. you know? So, okay, back to your story. So you're homeschooled, you're training and then you're competing and then what happened next?
1: So I was training a lot, like around like 15, 16. I I was very dedicated to jiu-jitsu but I wasn't necessarily thinking that's what I wanted to do long term. Um side note, I also graduated early when I was 16 so I started college a little bit earlier so I was kind of at a point where I could decide to go all in on college, all in on jiu-jitsu or a million other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that I like could set my <laughs> yeah. my sights on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really during the COVID lockdowns when I was mm. 17 that when i was forced out of jiu-jitsu and everyone was staying home i'm talking like the very beginning like the first three months yeah. at least in california after like three four months we were more open mm-hmm. um i know in other places it wasn't like that but really those first three four months for us were yeah, like, like april zero. may june yes, of 2020 exactly like yeah nothing and i was having a lot of thoughts about if i wanted to continue jujitsu, how i wanted to continue jujitsu. at from a career standpoint. Had you just
0: started college at that point? Yeah. Okay, so this was like you start college, you're able to do that, you're training full-time, and then, boom, the world closes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wow. Right before PANS, too. So I was very excited, yeah. like, to do PANS. I was a like, juvenile. You think you know so much for now. I, I know, human. I, I like, know. It's like, oh, my, my second juvenile year, whatever. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. so funny. It's so cute. Imagine
0: what you're going to think about yourself when you're 30 or even know, 25, right? you know? It's, it's cr- yeah it's, it's crazy, crazy. Even like
1: a year from now even like,
0: like in a month we're going to be looking back at this podcast like wow we've changed so much like but that's why i love spending time together because i feel like we're, we're constantly trying to look back and like whoa whoa big expansion so anyway so the world closes and you but can't do your second it's so year too now mentioned
1: that super fast about yeah. the with us, it's gonna be like all, it's, over it's the, place. all the time. But it's yeah. so funny you mentioned that about just like our kind of like rapid expansion. Because yesterday I was thinking to myself like, wow, like I feel like every week I'm a new person. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, yeah, like I feel I like, do like there's too. some new like this like crazy cycle. Like I feel like people usually have cycles that like maybe last a few months, but for me yeah. it's like oh every week I'm like, yeah. where are we going? And I think that's part of the reason why I love jujitsu so much because those cycles can be condensed into like mm-hmm. a single round. And it just allows yeah. for so much growth. And that's just like one of my favorite things about jujitsu. Yeah. Anyway, if you were gonna ask that. Yeah, now <laughs> we know My favorite thing about <laughs> jujitsu. Um, so the world shut down I was like forced off the mats. Like mm-hmm. everyone was terrified, like you're actually forced off the mats. And then I basically I was doing whatever I could from the very beginning. In the very beginning, I was running every day, I was going to the gym. Mm. As soon as um like two, three weeks went by. I was calling over my like 220 pound blue belt <laughs> uncle to come oh my train gosh. with me. And his friend who was staying with him, like these huge giant guys come oh train with God, me so yes. I could do something. I'm watching tape, like I'm doing everything I can. And then it's like one, two months later, some people are, are okay to train with me mm-hmm. again. So I'm going to their garages. I was doing yeah. everything that I possibly could. And that was not because I had a tournament coming up that I had to train for, right? It was just because I loved what I was doing and that's exactly what I wanted to do. So any confusion I had before that about what direction I wanted to take, that period of time totally solidified this is what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because there's nothing at stake and I'm dedicating everything I have to it when the world is shut down and somehow I'm still finding time, or like I'm finding ways to train like every day. You learn a
0: lot. Yeah, you learn so much about yourself when you're put in periods of desperation or you're put in like, when we have our normal routine and we're shaken out, I mean, everyone was shaken out of routine in COVID, but there are other events that shake us out of routine as well, like losing a job, ending a relationship, moving, even moving in the same city from one apartment to the other, or whatever it is. changing jiu-jitsu gyms or starting a new hobby. Anytime we're shaking out of routine, we're really given an opportunity to say like, what do we want to keep the same? And what do we want to change? And what really matters? Because we can say what matters and we can do what we think matters when we're in a routine. When we're taken out of that, it's like, you really do show yourself what you what you care about with your actions rather than your words, especially when it's difficult. So I think during COVID, a lot of people learned a lot about what really, really mattered to them. And it sounds like you definitely did.
1: Yeah. So that was that was the turning point. Mm. That was the shift. I didn't realize it at the time because I was I was not thinking of th- these things. I was just doing what was making yeah. me happy and I was like yeah. finding ways to train and like just doing whatever I could and that was just what was making me happy. It was not tied to any results. Like it wasn't tied to any of that stuff. Mm. Uh, it wasn't even tied to like no, none of my teammates, coaches, none of them knew what I was doing. You yeah. know, like it was just like me with my giant uncle. Like <laughs> exactly. i exactly. trying to like I, I would start to teach my parents some private lessons. Yeah. They don't do jujitsu. I we bought these puzzle mats and I would like try to teach oh. them. I would try you had been get...
0: teaching at that like at that time already, right? You were helping with kids and stuff as a teenager? Actually
1: no. Like oh, not yet. very minimally. Okay. Like a few months.
0: Just oh, okay. But yeah, you were newer to major. teaching and so then you were still even like if you know what's interesting me about what you just said is I have a question, but also want to say like when you think about teaching your parents, you found ways to not only hone yourself as a competitor, but also to hone yourself, your skills as a teacher, which really is interesting to me to hear because I was really interested in, at that time, in training and I was doing online stuff and I was doing content, but I didn't miss teaching in person at that time. And that was a good way for me to learn about what I actually love doing versus Mm -hmm. what, you know? So my question following that up is, what do you, do you find, like when you talked about, I wasn't doing it for these external reasons, I was doing it because it was making me happy. What would be your advice to people who feel like they're like you, or they have a lot like, you know, they're they're good at a lot of stuff. They're pulled in a lot of directions. They're interested in a lot of things and they're in these younger years or even in their older years and maybe have options to go into different transitions. How do you decide which path to go down? You know, where do you turn your energy to?
1: That was, like I said earlier, like, Definitely the biggest conflict of my entire life. (laughs) Yeah, my entire life. Even now, I still feel like I've chosen these directions. Uh, I've chosen the direction of competing, but just like I said, I'm so pulled to teaching. Mm -hmm. I'm so pulled to education, and sometimes I can feel that pull. But um, but I know, and this just comes with a level of self trust. Mm -hmm. And this is what I would say as my advice: get to the bottom layer level as low as you can go of who you are like to me I would like to say I am a creator I love to create so mm-hmm. that's what makes me happy so if I'm creating good jujitsu jitsu in like a competitive setting or I'm like creating different concepts to teach like I am just a creator mm-hmm. and that's why because I'm such a creator in a broad sense mm-hmm. like I want to create visually like I, I was really into photography videography when I was yeah. younger I want to create um just like with writing like um there's like interpersonally with people Mm -hmm. like there's just so many directions i'm pulled but if i can just boil it down and realize i'm a creator okay that's one so what are you like i'm a creator and i love to create and that's what makes me happy Uh, but number two is there is infinite time to create Mm. there is you are like when I think of myself that way, I know that right now, all of, most of my creative energy is going towards becoming the best competitive jiu jitsu practitioner that I can be. Mm -hmm. But I also know that just because that's what I'm doing right now, that doesn't mean that's what I need. That's, that needs to be the only outlet for the rest of my life. I'm 19. (laughs) So if I could just sit back and trust myself and think, When I want to pivot to a different creative outlet, endeavor, whatever, I will. And I'm just going to let that come and I'm not going to resist it when it comes. But more importantly than not resisting when it comes is not um, like being resistant to the idea of the switch, like being just being being open to the flow. Yeah, but also being okay with that. This is the time that I'm spending right now and I am happy here. So Mm -hmm. it's just like about rushing less but um, back to the advice for someone who is like very open very creative you just pick like what I did you just pick one thing and then if you get an overwhelming feeling that it's a no then you back out Mm -hmm. I went into after that COVID experience and then going all in on jujitsu right after that is when I started to teach right after that is when I started to win all the time compete all the time Um, that was me just saying I'm putting my hands up I'm going all in And then, like, if I did think, oh, this was the wrong decision, then I can just back out.
0: Yeah. Uh, You can always change your mind. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage, too, because I think sometimes action is the hardest step forward. But if you trust yourself that you'll always, like, if you trust that you'll always figure out a way to land on your feet, which everybody is capable of doing. But that means, like, okay, land on your feet as in, you know, get along, like find a group of people that you can vibe with in whatever area you're talking about, right? Or you financially support yourself or I, you know, support yourself with like your own personal practices that keep you grounded, no matter what career path you're taking or whatever it is. Like if you trust that you can always land on your feet, then the courage that it takes to try something new is a lot less scary or to commit and put all your eggs in one basket and to try something. Because then as you go through it, you, if you end up, not enjoying it, you can change your mind. I think it's when people feel, and I have experienced this myself, when I have felt like I wasn't really sure if I would you know, if I would survive, if I failed, <laughs> then I was scared to commit because it's like, well, if I commit, then I can't change my mind because I need to stay stuck here and I better keep doing this thing. And so if you are build a life where you feel like you can land on your feet, no matter what, then all of a sudden the courage to try different stuff is a lot easier to have. And you have the opportunity to pivot and switch. You could oh, that's like my favorite phrase of my entire life. Like you can always change your mind. You can always change your mind. Like if I hated podcasting in a week, guess what? I would stop doing it because, <laughs> but I wouldn't know unless they try doing it and so the action and the courage that it takes is always worth it because even if you end up changing your mind or doing something different the lessons that you learn through the action you can't learn through books are great but you can't learn through reading a book you can't learn through listening to a podcast you're not going to have your own experience with this by hearing shelby's experience with it it's great for the information but we have to be able to take the action ourselves and that's the only way we'll get like the gold, of the lessons to do it
1: and it's it's really interesting hearing you say that because when you just said that i just hear it um because we're talking about my younger self i'm i'm hearing it as if i'm listening to a podcast mm. and i'm hearing that you said <laughs> yeah and it's like my my gut not now because i've grown so much but just an insecure teenager is thinking oh i don't have the courage to do that mm. you know and when i try to think about like well what was the shift what was the change between thinking you do have the courage or thinking you don't mm-hmm. to thinking you do have the courage? And I think it's just, it's not even about deciding to change. If you believe in yourself, it's just about doing it while yeah. you don't, yeah. While, yeah. while you don't have the courage
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then. Cause you'll build
0: it as you yeah, go. <laughs> you'll build it as mm-hmm. you go.
1: But I, it's just funny to think that when I was younger and what's crazy is my actions didn't even reflect that. It was just a narrative. I was telling mm-hmm. myself like, oh, I'm too scared of that. But it's like, well, if I was looking at what I was doing every day, I wasn't even acting. In alignment with someone afraid, afraid or yeah. not courageous uh, which just goes to show how important the words we say are to ourselves mm-hmm. and kind of what i'm coming to the conclusion to with you having me talk about my life is i'm someone who's always so action first but stuck in some old like thought yeah. processes that it's actually kind of like the opposite of what you might think Mm -hmm. where like I'm acting, 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 but then my head isn't catching up. And then it takes like, Oh wait, look at me here. (laughs) Going to integrate it a little bit, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see because a lot of
0: times, like I love when people talk about the concept of doing it scared or doing it, doing it anyway. Like even if you feel the fear, you feel the feelings because it's like the classic, um it's like weight well weightlifting is maybe a little different because you build up (laughs) to it but it's like the classic statement of you know when you feel uncomfortable in somewhere you haven't been before. Like you take the leap into the thing that feels uncomfortable and then you grow into the person that can continue to handle it and expand the capacity for more. And then you take another leap and it feels scary and you don't necessarily have all the tools, but you build the tools on the way. It's like when they say like you jump off, I'm such a visual person, like you jump off the cliff but you don't have the parachute open yet. And then like when you get to the appropriate level, okay, now I pull the thing and I have the parachute down. But if I jump off with the parachute on, First of all, I won't even be able to like open, I won't be able to get far enough out from the cliff yeah. in order to fall. I will swing back in from the wind and hit the cliff and probably die. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and it's not gonna be very much fun, right? So it's yeah. like, you gotta take the leap and then you build the stuff along the way. But it goes back to like, once you get, in my experience, The more you do it, the easier it is to keep doing because you build the faith in yourself that no matter what happens, you're going to figure it out. The more risks you take, the more like in my experience, like with injuries or the more adversity that you go through, not that you want to like had the adversity Olympics either, because I mean, oh my gosh, like we yeah. are so blessed and have yeah. so much. And so I think that's a dangerous route to go to, like look how hard I've had it. But I mean more choices that we're making. Like if I make choices to put myself in uncomfortable situations, where I know I'm either gonna have to gain some skills to survive, or I'm gonna figure out that, I, that it's not for me and I can pivot. Then I'm gonna get, it's gonna be easier for me to do it next time. Totally. And that's where we get these week turnarounds, (laughs) these one week turnarounds where I'm like, wow, I took some risks last week. Like, I feel like a totally (laughs) new person. And it's not that for me, I don't do that 24 7. We actually had a conversation recently. It's like, sometimes I actually have to slow, I get a nudge, you know, this, you know, I get a like a gut feeling like, hey, or someone like, you know, really intelligent, and smart in my life was like, Hey, you know, like, I love you. I think maybe slow down for a second. And then I'm like, okay, I need to integrate whatever's been learned I need to like, stick to my routines, go back to the basics, self-care, like state to routine. And then after I integrate that, then I can jump into being a little crazy again. But, um, but yeah, that's how you get those quick turnarounds. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> I, um, was meditating the other day and I kind of had, Um, I was just like thinking about some things and I kind of had a feeling or like a vision of, um, of that exact process, but kind of like through like the ocean. So like, if you're like at the, um, and this is like exactly what you're saying. So you'll, you'll see where I'm yes. yes. If you're at the shore, you look in front of you. I mean, we're around oceans all the time. I don't know how many people watching (laughs) get to be right next to the ocean, but you guys have seen oceans, so it's fine. You'll get it. Um, so you're at the shore, like you're on the sand and you see like these waves are crashing. It's the whitewash. And that's like the hardest part to get into. Um, but going into that is like going into adversity, right? So I'm, I'm mm. on the shore and I'm like going into like head on, first. Like, head first. <laughs> yeah. But then you get to a point where you're deep enough to where you're like before the waves or before the waves are crashing and they're just, they're still forming. So then you can kind of dive under them and you're not feeling that impact. Mm-hmm. So then that's like getting a little more comfortable with the mm-hmm. adversity, like mm-hmm. overcoming it, expanding your awareness to fit that, which is what you yeah. were talking about. Yeah. But then there comes a point after that where you're actually after all the waves being formed and you're just like chilling in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would literally I'll yeah. just float on my back up towards the sun and that's just like the calm, right? Mm-hmm. So what you were just saying of like having those times where you are like mm-hmm. gut feeling like let's just calm down, like that's out there
0: you know mm, yeah and, and it's then, earned right it's yeah. like earned through all yeah. of the getting there yeah and
1: mm-hmm. then so that's like more of like the calm you're talking about but then the most fun part is when you're like okay now I'm gonna test this I'm gonna ride the wave back in and that's like some highs that we can experience mm-hmm. when we're like um, deciding to do a big tournament or like we have a big like shift in business or like we're going to like teach a new camp like all of those types of things and that's like riding the wave in yeah. um, and then like you're back to the shore and then oh, I I can't do it, it. it again. I love so it. So that's so good. Yeah, like really similar to the what. The perfect you're
0: visual. About. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, so back to your. Okay, look, we're, I'm like, man, we're never gonna finish this live. Have this like, live stream. <laughs> I know, I know. And you know what's funny is I realized I forgot to ask the get a grip question at the beginning, which I always am supposed to ask. But you know what, guys? I we you know what I don't do is I never – well, I don't want to say never because I might do it in the future. But I almost never, like, cut and stop and rerecord. So we're not going to do it – we're going to not put it at the beginning. It's just going to be at the end today. But we'll end with that. So before we do that, though, we're going to go back to your life story. You're teaching. You're back because the schools are starting to open up a little bit more. You're winning everything. And then what happens? <laughs>
1: yeah so i'll start like a little bit earlier than that mm-hmm. so like let's say like the first day the gyms open back up i've been training for like three months straight pretty hard yeah I'm, I'm going in everyone like everyone around me um their calluses are gone so like when they're training for the first time like they can't like they're the to, yeah they can't like everyone's winded like no one's been training like no one's had the a, a option to train yeah. you know
0: yeah
1: um so i went back in that first day And, like, I was used to, like, yeah, like, let's put it on a key, let's Uh let's put uh the hair up, like, uh, you know, my fingers, like, were fine holding the grips, like, I was just, like, leaving, like, had more energy than I came in, and it was that moment that I realized that it all just kind of came together, Mm. that it was like, oh, I love this, and I'm going to. Do this. Yeah. So yeah. right when that happened,
0: I love this shit. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, yeah, my, yeah. that's my favorite video. Like <laughs> not just of you, like in general. Like it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. The energy that it's you so are conveying that just you. sums it all up. Like it's mm-hmm. just like a little snapshot of like what it means to like be in this.
0: Yeah. So many people feel that. Like it's a video of me, but even when I I've watched it back and been like, this is a universal experience for when people. From my perspective, when people are in their flow, like that feeling of man, I love this shit. Like yeah. I'm so lucky to do this. This is where I'm meant to be right now. Is I'm so glad it was captured because it's not just me that's felt like that. So it's so cool you related back to that moment.
1: Yeah. Um, so then tournaments started up again. I was I was competing a lot, I was winning like almost everything. Yeah. Um, and I would say like that whole period of and, and then that that turned into um, IBJJF was back. So then pans happened in September of that year. I won pans at blue belt and then I was like, and then worlds was in December. It was a weird year of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So it was September pans and then, or 2021. Okay. Um, September pans and then December worlds. So I was going in, um, in Japan, won a blue belt, and then I was like, "Let's get my purple belt. Let's do worlds at purple." Mm-hmm. And yeah. that that whole experience was kind of like riding that wave back in of all that struggle coming in, yeah. and then out there, like kind of in the calm. And then it's like, now let's ride it back in. And then I yeah. won worlds after like having my purple belt for like three months. So crazy. And then and yeah. did it again six months later because you know the the schedule is weird. So worlds was in June. so I did Oh that yeah, six. that's so weird. Yeah. So I won yeah. two titles in six months. Yeah, which that's is kind of cool. Like like a lot of people are like. I don't know. It like, is that's cool. not something that's been people do that cuz the schedule like doesn't yeah. allow for it. Yeah. And then um yeah, so I won the two titles and then after that there was definitely a lot more um when I got my brown belt like then let's Right like, after Worlds, right? Uh I had to wait a few months cuz of like the rules. Okay, okay. Back then now they have a rule where if, if you win, win the world Yeah, but they didn't have yeah. that before. Um so I got my brown belt like a few months later Brown belt beginning was very rocky. Mm-hmm. Then I ended up winning worlds again this year. And I got my black belt mm-hmm. on the podium. On the so podium. Good. And here we are. So oh that's my, my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> that's <and> my <I'm> life. <laughs> I feel like God. Like kind of I know in kind my
0: of <laughs> life. <laughs> we got it. We got the shot. Um, so I think we're going to, I'm going to, I want to ask you about your lead up to worlds because there was so much adversity. Like when people hear about, your story to winning Brown Belt World and why you were able to step on the podium. You've talked a little bit about it on your Instagram, but um I'm really excited for you to expand on the ability that you created for yourself to have the experience of going in as a champion and to win the world and to put a black have a black belt put around your waist. That's gonna be really moving. But I'm gonna save it for the next episode because we're gonna have we're gonna have to go deep on that yeah. one and I want people to hear what I've heard. Um, and I don't want to rush that. So, well, so you guys will have to tune in for the second episode. I'm sorry, not sorry, but it's it's worth the wait, I promise. But what I do want to ask you today is I want to go back to that get a grip question. You are obviously I really relate to you in so many ways, and I know so many of our listeners do too, in that you are a multifaceted, you know, strong. Expansive, courageous, excited about life kind of a woman. You have so many avenues you could go down to to expand your talents and to live a fulfilling life, which is a big blessing, but it's also a challenge, like we've talked about so much. Um, And you are constantly looking to grow and to expand your skill sets while pursuing this you know, like we can call winning the world championships or being the best Jiu-Jitsu athlete in the world. If we call that a narrow goal, we have one narrowed in goal. What one thing that you do really well is you also are constantly working on other little projects, right? Yeah. And projects is in like, you know, yourself as a human Shelby, but in different arenas. So yeah. with all that being said, what does it mean to you to have a grip on your life? When you feel in the flow, when you feel like I've got it going on, what does life look for you, look like for you? And you can use a tangible answer, or it can be like, oh, I just feel like this, mm-hmm. or it can be a little bit of both.
1: Yeah, so I actually have, like, this is gonna sound like a <laughs> 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 it's not, it's not uh When I walked in like today, and like before we started filming, I, I remember that this is a question you ask. Like I listen to your podcast. Well. I, I know. Like this is a question that you ask. I remember. Like oh, she's gonna ask the get a grip question, and then I spent a second thinking about mm-hmm. it, and I was like, oh, what I was journaling about last night actually perfectly oh answers this question. So, so I good. guess it is rehearsal. Yes, we got lucky. <laughs> it's a yeah. Um, so me as a person, this is also going back to just what I was talking about right now with my life story. Um, I, I'd say everything that I, that I do. And I say, I say with a lot of conviction and I really believe, and I'm very tied to my mission. I'm mission oriented. Mm -hmm. I'm passion driven. And so when I explain my life story, some of what I'm about to say kind of ties in. Um, but I am always like, so there's two extremes. Like when we are, when we are human, there's two ends of being human. We're on one end. We have, um, unlimited possibilities Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. just like I was talking about choosing where you want to narrow in at um, just where you want to live like I can't even get into it we have unlimited possibilities opportunities like we infinite it's just
0: you can make an infinite combination of of choices yeah
1: so that's one end of like super creative like it's yeah it's unlimited it's infinite and then on the other end we have limited resources Mm -hmm. there's time you know there's um there's decay of Mm -hmm. like our actual bodies like i'm not gonna be 19 forever like one day i'll be 85 you know like um (laughs) but yeah and then also like in time which time is one that i like to try to steer away from because i can get really caught up in time so like Mm -hmm. i like to think of time more unlimited also Mm -hmm. but like there there is limited time obviously Yeah. yeah and that scarcity is so beautiful and I can see both of those extremes and it's so easy for me to go to either one mm, with yeah. my decision-making and, and with, with just the way that I'm perceiving the world because my decision-making is not... I don't keep it at extremes. Like I'm, I'm rational like, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in my decisions. Uh-huh. Um, but with my perception of the world and I'd say smaller-scale decisions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can very easily swing to Wow, we have unlimited possibilities, and then mm-hmm. on the other end, I can swing to uh, we have limited resources. Um, so if I can make any decision, or and by decision I mean something as small as a thought, right? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm if I'm going through life and I have a thought and I'm acting in alignment with that thought, that's a decision that I'm making, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. as small as a thought, as big as like changing my life, right? Mm-hmm. Like going all in on jujitsu or something. If um, any decision that I make. With both of those extremes in my mind, um, like does is this decision backed on both ends? Could mm. I say this is a decision backed in my belief of unlimited possibilities? Mm. Can I also say that this is it's also grounded a decision in. Mm-hmm. that is yeah grounded in the fact that
0: the 3d human, world that we yeah, live in yeah to like be human in yeah. scarcity
1: and mm. the scarcity is what's beautiful. And I know if I'm making decisions, Um, acknowledging the beauty of both of those things in like an equal-ish way, Mm -hmm. then I'm having like a good grip on my life
0: hmm yeah. that is so good and actually gives me a lot to think about because <laughs> i'll send you my I'll, I'll yeah send, what I send me yeah. your send me your journal entry <laughs> we're personal here yeah. like that again really. no but it, it really is so like i talk about this concept a lot of being like we've talked about this too being so black and white or and, and not like committing to that thought like oh i'm black and white but yeah. but acknowledging that i kind of came wired that way no one did it to me it wasn't like i wasn't you know whatever i, I just came wired that way and so i'm very in extremes um, naturally so my i view part of my job my mission basically what you said but you said it so much more eloquently of like how can i land in the middle a lot of the times yeah. of the black and white but i love the concept specifically of because a lot of this stuff that we're talking about for people who are super plugged in to the way like to having this kind of wiring it's probably going to make a lot of sense People that are wired a little differently, it may seem a little bit like out there and and like not as tangible, right? So I want to bring it back to being a little tangible because, because again, that like there's so much value I can glean from listening to people who are super tangible by nature. But because I can be really out there, I know that sometimes (laughs) I need to bring it back. So bringing it back, like what you said was really extremely tangible for me in a very helpful way where it's like, if I look at a decision, like if I'm going to move, right, just make that super, super tangible. I'm going to move cities. Can I say that that decision is supported by the idea that there are infinite possibilities and that there are no limits on what I can do as a person? And at the same time, is it also grounded and supported in the idea that we have limited time, limited money, limited energy? Obviously, we think that we can expand all those. Yeah. I think that I can and expand exactly, all of things. and
1: that's why the <laughs> second I have that thought, then that's when it starts going, Well, there's unlimited <laughs> possibilities, uh-huh. right? So. So can yes. right? Exactly. So can it be supported that's why I'm by both? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So can it be supported? And you can literally write this down, like going to some actionable things for people to take away from this. Like, if you're having trouble making a big decision or small decision, or if you're trying to decide, like, what do I want to rewire my thoughts to be? What are the effort? If you're into affirmations, what is that going to be? What kind of um, techniques do I want to work on in training? Like, as simple and as as small of a decision as that. Can I write it down and have it be backed by both of these concepts if I believe that both of these concepts are really important to me in the world that I live in? So I'm so glad that you said that. That was really helpful.
1: I'm so glad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good. So we are going to have to come back for a part two. Before we do that though, I did want to let you guys know because this will be out before our camp that Shelby and I are going to be, well, it's, it's camp Kendall, but I have <laughs> Shelby and it's Kendall and friends. I have Shelby. I have my sister, Emma, and I have our other amazing friend who we were just with uh, last week, Emily Hayden. We are facilitating an amazing camp in Vancouver, Canada called Jits and Eats. The link is in my bio on all my platforms on, on Instagram mainly. That's the easiest way to find it. But it's a women's Jiu-Jitsu camp. It's three days. We're going to eat. We're going to hike. We're going to do a lot of Jiu-Jitsu. Trust me. We're going to play games. There's like slumber parties. We're all staying in the Airbnb. It's basically so basically going to be a big party for with, for jiu-jitsu a, with some Jiu-Jitsu. With, yeah. <laughs> and I'm really excited about it because it's going to, in, in the, what I'm envisioning for it and facilitating this and what my goal is going to be coming into this camp is how can we create more connection with women inside jiu-jitsu because sometimes it's hard to find our like BJJ bfs you yeah. know <laughs> like we don't all like we've built a friendship over a long period of time but like i don't have tons of friends like shelby inside jiu-jitsu or many other people that i can name and whenever i get to connect with more jiu-jitsu women i know that i greatly benefit and so being able to facilitate a space where we can do that is going to be the List. I'm super excited, yeah! So, if you guys are listening to this before, um, it's It's the weekend of July 15th. So, if you're listening to this before then, we have a couple spots left. Make sure you guys click the link in my bio and check that out for ladies. Um, but other than that, I'm so glad that you guys tuned in today, Shelby. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you um, for having me. And your mind, it's just so so great to to jam with you on all these things that. We like to explore it together and I know that if you guys enjoyed Shelby's podcast and you don't already follow her. Wow. That was really aggressive the way. I pointed at the camera. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube um, <laughs> and know that if you enjoyed this, you guys, and you don't already follow her, you will love her Instagram. Make sure you guys, it's just Shelby Murphy or something. JJ. 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 Yeah. So Shelby, Murphy, JJ, I'll link all the stuff in the cap, in the description. So you guys can click on the link and follow her there. Check out her, uh, her, content is what I'm trying to say. The videos are really interesting. She spends like a lot of time going into detail on creating these very educational videos, something that I have never been brave enough to do with my social media, as far as the time (laughs) consumption, like that she dedicates to it. And that is her forte. She's an excellent teacher. One of them, honestly, like it's, I don't know if in the future, things will change because you're so young and an up and comer. You're you're not as well known as one of the best teachers in jiu-jitsu as i think that you this is just kendall's opinion but as i think you will become um as your career continues because the way that you teach and the way that you articulate ideas in a way where people can pick up what you're saying and then immediately apply it immediately apply it into their game is really unique and it's very fascinating to me to watch so if you guys Uh, I have not followed her on Instagram yet. Make sure you guys go there, start watching her stuff. It's all consumable free content that you will really benefit from and it's really special. Um, So yeah, follow along with her stuff. If you guys enjoyed the podcast or found value from it, make sure you guys leave a review, send it to somebody. The best thing for the podcast, if you send the podcast to people or share it on your Instagram story um, or send the link to people, review it, all that stuff. And I greatly appreciate it because I love, love, love doing this project. And the goal with it is to just continue to grow it and have amazing guests on like Shelby. So until next time, guys, you'll wait till part two. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Get a Grip and we will see you again soon.